0: Dave Adams is our speaker today. Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give an update on what we've been doing down here in the Dominican Republic, here in Jarabacoa. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Dave. Uh, I moved down here in 2014 uh, with my wife Megan. And we came down, just the two of us. And since then we've had two kids of our own and adopted a third. And we just, we can't believe it's coming up on six years. In August it'll be six years that we've been down here. It's just been a crazy time Um, Obviously during my six years we've never had anything like this with a quarantine time and all these canceled groups and everything like that Um, but I just kind of wanted to start today with uh, Just kind of showing you the base for a second I'm here at the base and I know some of you guys were looking forward to coming down this year or some of you have kind of heard stories or Megan and I have talked about our experiences down here and And you haven't necessarily gotten a chance to see it so i'm here at the base so i'm going to grab the camera here and and turn you guys around and we can kind of get a look at where we're going here so um, so these are our cabins where we would house our teams they can hold up to about 60 people Uh, every morning they come up here this is our chapel Um, and they go there for morning devotions and night activities and things like that up here on the side that's our batting cage that many of you donated and graciously helped us with and that's been up and running and just been a huge blessing for us and then over on this side we have our home office that has offices on the top and that bottom area down in here that's where we do uh, meals and things like that and then over here you can kind of see we have our our basketball court um, which has been really nice for us during this quarantine time As since there aren't too many people, there aren't too many, there aren't really anybody around here at the base. So we've been bringing the kids over here every once in a while and they can kind of ride bikes in the little parking lot or or go on the basketball court. So that's been a a real huge blessing for us to be able to do that during this quarantine time. As many of you know, when you have little kids at home, they can get a little bit antsy. So it's nice to come here and be able to, to run around a little bit. But like many of you, um, our lives look a lot different now in the last few weeks than they have uh, really ever. Uh, and so I think the big thing for us is that we, we just try to kind of look at the positives and, and you hear so many negative things and so many things to be fearful of and afraid of. And we just kind of look at it as like, hey, God has given us more time to spend with our families. Um, we kinda, we're kind able to talk to our neighbors a little bit more, uh, our landlords that live above us, and you know, obviously at a safe distance, don't worry. But it's just given us time to kind of touch base with people. We've been able to, to communicate with a lot of you guys, a lot of our supporters and things like that. And we've just been amazed at this time of, of how God has blessed us as a family, how we've grown closer as a family. And so, um, yeah, our, our days are pretty much at home. Megan and I both work from home part time. Um, I work usually in the mornings and Megan does school with the kids. And comes up with all kinds of awesome activities. Our kids are blessed to have have two parents who were teachers. Uh, I know some of some of the kids out there wouldn't necessarily find that to be a blessing, but uh, we think it's been it's been good for our guys. Um, and especially with Megan being a, an elementary teacher, she comes up with all kinds of creative ideas. So it's been it's been really great. Um, Megan typically works in the afternoons, and she does a lot of. Uh, just emotional support with the staff and making sure things are organized. This is the first time that most people have had to do like the e-learning platforms and things like that. So she makes sure all that's organized, is, is in meetings, still trying to recruit teachers for next year, having interviews, things like that. So um, it's, it's been busy. Um, yeah, I see all these things online about how people are bored and they're sitting around and um, that's definitely, definitely not our lives. When you have a five-year-old and a, and a three-year-old at home, you, you, don't, you don't get too bored. And uh, our oldest daughter Indy is out in Spain. Um, she's not at school anymore. She's with a friend of ours uh, who used to live down here. She's, she's originally from Spain. And so Indy's staying at her house, doing school online, helping take care of her kids. And uh, it's just been a real good situation for her being there with, with Anna and, and her family. And yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much sums it up for us as I'm sure that kind of sums it up for a lot of you guys um, it's been nice thing for us, it's been nice and warm, so our kids are able to play outside. We're blessed that we have a yard, we have a, a play set that my dad came down and, and we built together uh, probably about four years ago now. And so the kids are playing around on that. Yesterday, we, we took a couple of trash cans and, and filled them up with water. And the kids were playing in those, and so they're having fun outside. We got a little slip and slide going. Things like that so just any way we can to, to have fun but i think the biggest thing for us is it's so easy to focus on some of the negatives that happen but to just sit there and say hey look at all this time i have with my family like what are some of the blessings we can do and all the blessings we have and the ways we can bless other people um i think that's a that's a big thing too that we've kind of looked at and god has blessed us so tremendously uh during this time when the quarantine started one of my early goals was to try to fundraise for our site because as you can imagine with canceling all of our groups, um, Students International is going to be taking a big financial hit. So, um, And we were told like we have a guy, Elian, that works at the site with us and in order to keep him, we were going to need to raise $130 a month to be able to keep him working at our site. So I went out and I just started praying, I said, God, if, if Ellie needs to be at our site and, and if you feel like we need Elian, please just let this money come in. And in three days, two days, three days, something like that, we had enough guys that um, were contributing some $10 a month, some 15 some 5 some 50 just whatever, just pieced it all together. And we got well above $130 that, um, you know, it's crazy how God just blesses us beyond what what we ask for even sometimes. And so we were just praying that that God would provide for us to be able to keep Ellie in our sight as he is such a huge blessing for us. For any of you who've been down here, you see how good he is with the boys and stuff and um, we're now up to about $210 a month, so I, I believe our site is fully funded now. Um, we, I also had an idea to just start a workout group. I know a lot of people, like gyms are closed and, and people don't necessarily have the motivation to work out at home. I know I don't, if, if there's days that we have off and the gym happens to be closed, I, I just kind of like, ah, you know, the heck with it, I'm just not gonna work out today. And so I really didn't wanna fall into that, that routine. So I put a challenge out there, a $5 challenge, and, every, and he, it went on for a month. It was a four-week thing. And I just challenged people that you had to work out six days a week. Um, and if you if you skipped a day, you got one skip day a week, so you had to work out six days a week. And if you skipped beyond that, you had to you had to pay $5 to the site. And so I knew a lot of people would would be generous enough and kind of give a little bit of money at the end anyway. Um, and so I was thinking, ah, if we make 50 bucks, we make 100 bucks, that'll be great. It'll help us to, to provide some more uh, food for families during this time, things like that. And so I just put that out there. I said, Hey guys, anything you're willing to give would be great. Um, all this money is going to be going to, to the food drive that we do, um, about every 10 days here at students international SI provides 15, um, bags of food that to help families, um, for our site for each site. And so we get 15 bags of food. We really need about 22. And so, we're just using our own site money, so I just asked if anybody would be willing to do to help us out with that, and it was just crazy because I was thinking, ah, 50, bucks, we're up to $815 at this point, so it's just just crazy. So I just wanna say a special thanks to everybody who's given to that, and um, just, it's just been awesome to see how God has been, has been blessing during this time. Um, and I would just encourage anybody here, I'm gonna put something online later, I have a real short video that I would love it if that got shared a bunch, but it's just five easy ways that we can contribute to other people and to, to just come together, um, which I think is so important. Now we have such a, uh, uh, think about myself kind of society and, and, and world. And this is a time that we have to, especially as followers of, of Christ to just put others first. Um, and you know, Jesus, when somebody, when one of the Pharisees asked Jesus, what are the most important commandments? He said, love God and love others. And so it doesn't talk about self. And so anything we can sacrifice to give to other people. And and I think if we look around, we kind of look at budgets right now. And, and a lot of us um, haven't necessarily lost our jobs. I understand this is a hard time for some people and some people have lost jobs, but I think a lot of people haven't. And we're getting those stimulus checks and, and continuing on with our, our normal salaries and things like that. So how can we give back? And so there's a there's a lot of money. I know we're looking at things just like our food bills gas uh gas like gas for our cars and things like that like we're not driving anywhere so in the last month i've used up about a quarter of a tank of gas so where where's the rest you know where's that money going that we normally budget just simple things like that so you can check that out later on on facebook and i'll try to put that up and if we could share that it would be awesome just to see um i know when the when the president of the of the dominican republic came on and talked about the quarantine he said, if everybody can help out one or two other people, we can all get through this together. And I think that was just such a, such a great message and something we can really live by. But um, today I wanted to share a devotion with you guys. Um, I, I was looking up stuff to kind of share with the boys, and I came across this devotion that I really wanted to, to kind of expand upon. It was a real short, like two-minute video, and I just kind of wanted to take that and kind of expand on it a little bit. But um, the title of, of today. So if you see me looking down, I've got kind of the the verses on a little table here, and so this is new to me. I've never done stuff like this online. So I got my notes here, and I got a computer with the verses on it. So if you see me looking down, that, that's what I'm doing. But um, today's devotion. It's called "Are You a Fan of Christ?" I hope not. And so that could sound a little bit crazy. Like, oh, what do you mean you're not a fan of Jesus? Like, how could you, you know, read the Bible, whatever, and say you're not a fan of Jesus? But I think it comes down to do we want to be a fan or do we want to be a follower? And so I, those things are very different and I think it's easy to get trapped into being a fan and not being a follower. And so that's obviously why it's called Are You a Fan? I hope not. And so um, we're just going to kind of look at what, is, what does a fan look like, what does a follower look like and, and kind of the differences there. So let me pray for us and then we'll get started. Lord, we just thank you for today. We just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And um, as this global pandemic is, is taking place, Lord, this wasn't a surprise to you. Uh, you knew this was going to happen. You were prepared for this. Uh, we might not have been, but but you were. And you know all things, Lord, and you're in control of all things. And we just pray that we would just be able to to relinquish the the control that we honestly don't even have, that we think we have, but we don't have. And we pray that we would just look to you during this time, that you would just um, just make us aware of, of the needs around us and that we would be able to step up, Lord, and that um, of any time probably in my life, this is this is a time where we can be a light for you more than any other. And I just pray that um, you would just show us the ways that you want us to serve during this time when, when it's not quite as obvious that we got to get a little more creative with how we serve other people, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. So today we kind of wanted to look at, like I said, what's what's a fan, what's a follower? And so if you look at a fan, what is a fan? You know, obviously when, when we think of fans, we think of sports, which obviously is killing me right now. I thought of all places that maybe baseball here in the Dominican Republic would be deemed an essential necessity, but unfortunately it's not. So um, we're, we're kind of keeping track with our boys and everything from home. But what is a fan? And so like we said, those of us that are big into sports, um, we're... We're, we're missing it right now, but obviously it's a necessary part of, of life at this point. But what does a sports fan look like? Somebody who goes to the games, reads about the team, uh, maybe has a jersey, just things like that, like follows what they're doing. Um, but also, I think for, for the average fan, you look at when times are really good, we're really into it and we're really into the team and what they're doing. And I think about myself being a, a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, right now, it's a you know they're not doing great this year, but they did pretty well last year. The year before that, they exceeded expectations. And so the last three years, they've been they've been a winning team. And whether they're reaching expectations or not, whether they stink or are really good, you can get into all that. But they've they've been a winning team for the last three years. And so it's been a lot easier to because you know any night they can go out there and win. And so it's been a lot more fun to watch it now. During the Sixers' time between 2000, the 2013-14 season and the 2016-17 season, as all of us Philadelphia fans know, it called the process, it was a difficult time to be a Sixers fan. And so we looked at it, we said in, in the 2013-14 season, for those four seasons, here was their win totals for those four seasons, 19 games, 18 games, 10 games, and 28 games. And I remember that 28-game win season. We're like, oh, we're heading in the right direction. That's 28 games out of 82. That stinks. So for four years, this team was just the joke of the league. And I still, as a, as a, as a basketball fan, as a Philadelphia fan, and, and especially a Sixers fan, I was still watching some of the games, um, but not like I do now and not like when it's winning. Because there were times it's like, oh, they're playing the Golden State Warriors back when the Warriors re- were really, really good, and it's like, I'm not watching that game. I don't need to see them lose by 45 points. I know Steph Curry's good. I know Klay Thompson's good. I'm not gonna watch that game. Where now it's like, all right, I think maybe the Lakers are better than them, but maybe they got a chance and they've beaten the Lakers this year and things like that. And so it kind of gives you more hope and, and but it turns you into a little bit of a fair weather fan. I remember down here in the Dominican Republic, um, the year that Boston Red Sox, everybody down here is either Boston's, Boston Red Sox fan or New York Yankees fan. And when Boston won the World Series a few years back, Man, everybody on here was ecstatic. You know, you saw Boston hats everywhere, Boston shirts everywhere. Um, people were talking about the games. Oh, did you watch it last night? Especially during the playoffs and stuff. And then for the last couple of years, they haven't been quite as good. They've still been good, but not quite as good. And, and there's been other teams who were favorites and you just don't hear about them as much. And the t- you know, the times that they were struggling a little bit or whatever, you just don't hear about it. And so I think it's the same. You get a lot of fair weather fans. And, and the problem is, is that's the same way we treat Jesus sometimes, is we become fans of Jesus. And when everything's going well, we say, oh yeah, Lord, you're great. Look at how you're providing. Look how good, you know, the world's going, you know, praise God or whatever. And then during crisis times, we say, hey, where's, where'd Jesus go? Where, where's God? Why, why isn't he taking care of us? And we turn into this, this fan of Jesus. And so a fan of Jesus, you can sit there and say, no, 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 I'm following Jesus. But let's look at it the same way. Okay, if you're a fan of a sports team, you go to a game. If you're a fan of Jesus, maybe you, go, maybe you go to youth group or you go to your small groups or you go to, to church on Sundays. But are we really fans? You know, and and we, you know, we go to these, these events and we serve in our community during our community outreach times as a church and our big events. And, you know, our our walkathons and our bake sales and our our missions trips we get all gung-ho about. But what about all the other, you know, okay, that takes up, what, 10, 12 days of the year? What about the rest of the year? What are we doing? And so we talk about what what a fan looks like. And so and so I think a, another thing, a fan of Jesus looks like somebody who kind of takes bits and pieces of the Bible. They say, yeah, 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 I really believe in Jesus. I know he came and he died for me. And that's great. And, and, and I praise him for that. And, but what does the Bible say about this? Ah, oh, yeah, I know that's a little bit more uncomfortable. I know what the Bible says, but I think, and we get a lot of those but I thinks. And I've talked about this before in other talks that I've done, but those but I thinks are a whole lot of dangerous. And so we get, and I think that's what separates a lot of followers. Because you look through the Bible, the Bible's conservative, and we're not, we're not in a conservative world right now. And so the Bible is super conservative. There are rules that we need to follow. There are, are things that Jesus said, hey, this is how it is. And it wasn't popular in his time, and it's certainly not popular now. But as a, if you're a fan of Jesus, you're going to sit there and say, well, I'll take the good with the bad, and I'll do this or that. Or, you know, I'll watch when it's convenient, and I won't when it's not. But can we get to the point that we say, no, I want to be a follower? I want to be a follower of Jesus, I'm going to follow his word no matter what it says, no matter what it's going to cost me, no matter where it's going to take me. And I think you'll find a lot of times, too, when we do that, when we put our head down and say, you know what, the heck with the world, I've tried the world, you know, so many of us have tried different things in the world, and, and you notice that, like, despite what it tells you on TV and movies and, and on, online and in the news, it's not the best way of doing things. And it's gonna come up short time and time and time again. And it's just crazy how we keep buying into the lie and the deceit that the devil wants to feed us. And But we just keep thinking like, oh, this will fill me. And it's so much back to us when it should be about God's word and the Bible. And I think the biggest thing that makes somebody a fan of Jesus instead of follower of Jesus is the comfort level. It's kind of what I just touched on. We, we want to say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. And then when he calls you to something that's a little bit difficult and you say, whoa, 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 I'm a, f- I'm a follower of Jesus up till this point. If there's a line, if you have something in your life that you say, oh, I want to follow Jesus, but then, but only to this point, that right there makes you a fan. You are no longer a follower. If there's a line, if there is a limit to the amount that you will follow Christ, you're a fan. And so it might be hard for some people to hear that might you know, we can look back in our lives and, and we're going to make mistakes. And I think that's the biggest thing is you look at, you look at your life and you say, man, during that time, I was not following Jesus during that decision. During yesterday, I was not following Jesus. I was being a fan. I was doing me and not him. And, and we can look at that and say, Lord, I got to get back on track. And there's so many times that we can do that. And the, the great thing about, about God and, and, is that he's always there with open arms. And that he doesn't sit there and say, Okay, well, one more time and then we're we're through. Like how many times have we talked to our, you know, talk to our kids that way, talk to people in their lives that way. I swear if you do that to me one more time, we're finished. That's never come out of the mouth of Jesus. Never. He always says that he is there wanting us to repent of our sins, wanting us to repent of our selfish ways. And so I think those are the big three things that that makes it look at that we look at and say, "Am I a follower or am I am I a fan? Am I just going to church in small groups or am I investing that? Am I am I applying that into my life? Um, am am I following the Bible up until a point? Am I following Jesus up until a certain point? Am I valuing my comfort over everything? If some some of us have been called away from certain jobs and it just logically makes no sense, and I think for me personally, I'm a very like straightforward, black and white." Um, very logical person and so when things don't make logical sense to me it's very difficult for me to say okay God I'm all in and that's very very difficult for me Um, I think back six years ago when we were moving down here and and I had just led a team um, down down here to the DR I remember talking to Brian and uh, who was the director at the time and Brian was telling me how oh we want a Dominican American at every site and you know oh you should come down and join kind of nudging me and you know, kind of joking, but I think maybe gauging my reaction to it a little bit. I'm not really sure what what he was meaning by all that, but you know, I just kind of blew it off. I said, no, I got the, this job I, I really like, Megan and I were both teaching. We've been married for about a year. We we had our plan and our plan made sense. We both had teaching jobs we liked. Um, we were looking to buy a house soon, you know, start a family in, with, within that next year things like that. And it just, so I, I went back and it was just on my mind and in my heart. and. I just couldn't shake it and I kept saying God this makes no sense this doesn't make any sense logically why would I give up jobs that I like where we're serving people Megan was teaching at an inner-city Christian school uh, at a charter school and I was teaching at an alternative school where kids kids that need to be loved on and it just made no sense and and God kept kept banging at me and banging at me and banging at me and punching me in the face and and just saying go for this go for this go for this and I just kept just kept trying to fight it for three four weeks and I finally went to Megan and and she was kind of telling me the same things I've been telling myself like this doesn't make any sense whatever and I said I know but I feel like God's pushing this this way and so we both finally hit that point and I wish it wouldn't have taken me so long but we hit that point of saying Lord if this is what you have for us we're gonna go for it and if you want us to stop then 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 hit the brakes for us and that was one thing I learned from Chuck and I remember him uh, sharing in a sermon once and he said make God have to hit the. I think it was Chuck he said, make God have to hit the brakes, not the gas. And that if basically if we're, if we're in God's will, if we're doing things that are going to be pleasing to God, just go for it. Don't always wait and wait and wait and listen and listen. If you know this is something that's, that's God that God's going to be in favor of, go for it and make him pull you back. It's so much better to be diving headfirst into things that are going to be pleasing the Lord and having him pull you back and say, not yet, not now, or just no. Than to him saying hey get out there get moving start sharing it's so much better to pull people back I, I tell that to my players all the time those of you who are coaches or athletes or whatever man i love a kid that just wants to go out there 110 and i have to tell him like look you can't slide into guys like that during practice or you can't hey be careful don't crash into walls during practice like but i love that and i would much rather try to pull a player in than to be than to be the coaches out there going, would you move? Would you run? And, and I think Jesus kind of looks at us the same way of saying, Hey, make me pull you back. Be so on fire. Be just be so willing, be so open that I have to pull you in to, to, to pull you back and say, not yet or not now, or those moments that he just says, yes, that's it. Go. And that's just our nature. And that we just go for it. And I think that's, what's going to make us, uh, A follower of Jesus and is are we willing to just go for it no matter the cost no matter what it's gonna cost us no matter where it's gonna take us Um, like I said we we kind of fought against this for a little bit this logically didn't make any sense to me so it was hard to say hey I'm gonna be moving moving to the DR to start a family Um, and and to be and to be working full-time and to, to just bring our lives down here and You know, I had been down here a bunch. It, it wasn't gonna be like a super big culture shock or anything, but again it just made no sense, but God has just blessed us in the last six years more than we could ever have imagined just the people He's brought into our lives um, especially Indy who's in our you know, one of our one of our kids now and Just it's we've just been blessed beyond measure And I think that's so often that we just try to think logically and, and within our own realm And it just doesn't work like that and because like like God said to Moses you tell him in the past present future I am and so we don't know what our future holds we can kind of think we do and we can say okay if I do this it's gonna lead me in this direction but it might not we don't know what the other circumstances hold only God knows the future and so when we can truly say fine if that's where you have me going then that's where I'm gonna go and the other side is it doesn't always have to benefit us it has to benefit him and so often, it will turn out to be a huge blessing as it, as it has down here for Megan and I. But we also had a time that we were supposed to take in um, Indy's nieces, these two little girls that came with us. They were eight and two, or yeah, almost two, when we took them in. And it was hard. It was not enjoyable. It was not pleasant. It was super, super difficult. And and we just had to love on them the best we could. And we didn't know. We, we didn't know if it was gonna be forever, if it was for a time. Um, but we felt the Lord telling us to take them in, and we said, "Okay, if you want us to take that in, take them in. Then we'll do it." And we did it, and it was a super, super difficult time. And and but we loved on those girls for a time. We taught them about Jesus for that time, and and now they're back with their with their biological parents. And I don't know. And and I'm looking at it from from my perspective, saying, "Lord, why would you take them away from us?" Because they're not going back to Christian homes, they're not going back to necessarily safe environments. Why? Why? And I don't know why. And I might never know why, and that's okay. Maybe God's plan for them was to be with us for those four months, and maybe those girls will remember that. I have no idea. But I I cannot be limited to what I think is best. Because if we always go by what we think is best and what we're doing, we're not being a follower of Jesus. Because a follower of Jesus, if you're truly gonna follow Christ, It's going to define logic. It's going to defy comfort. And it's just, it's going to go outside of yourself. And it has to, if you're going to truly serve God and truly be a follower, it has to be outside of yourself and your own well-being, because that's what we're called to. And so we look at what the Bible says about being a, a false disciple or a real versus a real disciple. And if we look at Matthew 7, 21 to 23, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. These are people that thought they knew Christ, that thought that were calling on his name, saying, Lord, Lord. And And he says right there, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we're becoming fans and not followers. And it's such a dangerous road to go down to not be fully committed to Christ. And I think we each need to, to analyze our own lives. And if we continue down into Matthew 7, 24 to 29, um, a lot of us know the, the story of the wise and the foolish builders. And it says, it talks about how the people who hear my words and put them into practice are like people who go and build their house upon rock. But the people who hear my words and don't put them into practice are like people who, who build their house on sand. And I think what's, what's not mentioned there, this is kind of my own take on it too, is so many times we want to build it partially on rock and partially on sand. And so many of us get into this point that we're fans of Jesus. So we're looking at his word and we are applying what it says, but maybe only to an extent or maybe some, maybe sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't. So we're taking some rocks and we're putting the rocks there for our foundation, but then, and we're putting a rock here and we're putting a rock here and we're putting a rock here and then we're filling it all in by, with sand. Okay, you wanna build your house on that? What happens when there's a huge storm? When it talks about how the storm comes and it washes away the sand and down goes the house. It's gonna be pretty similar if we've got huge gaps between our rocks filled with sand. That that sand's all gonna get washed away and we're gonna have some sporadic rocks in there it's not going to hold our house up either. The only thing that holds our house up is the foundation in Christ and having that rock-solid base. And so that's – and I think that's the biggest thing is that's, that's us being a fan, is that sometimes we're in it and sometimes we're not. When the team's winning, we're all for it. We want to watch it. We want to be all about that team. When the team's losing, nah, we'll watch sometimes, probably not. We're definitely not paying to go to the games, things like that. It's just, you have some rocks and you have some sand. And I'm not saying, obviously, if you're a sports fan that there's anything wrong with sometimes watching, sometimes not, but it can't be that way with Jesus. We can't be a fan of Jesus. We've gotta be a follower. And we've gotta do it no matter what. And so, in all of this, we need to examine our own lives. We need to say, what does Jesus tell us? Um, in Matthew 22, 37 to 40 is the same thing, is when I kind of mentioned it earlier. It said the Pharisees asked Jesus. They were the the spiritual leaders of that day. Sorry, I just had something drop on me. They were the spiritual leaders of that day, and they said, "Jesus, what is the what are the two what are the most what's the most important commandment? What is the most important commandment?" And Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And the second is like it." Uh, treat others as you would want to be treated basically and so what do we do with that are we really going to treat our neighbors as ourselves treat your neighbor as yourself do we really put others first as often as we should be as often as we can or do we do it kind of at church events do we do it when it's easy or do we sacrifice do we sacrifice to put others first Can we come out of our our little comfort bubble to put others first? Can we come out of our comfort bubble to do what Jesus said was the first command, to love him with everything in us, with everything in us, not just sometimes, not just at church, not just on Sundays, not just at community outreaches. Can we do it all the time? And I think that's one that we come up short on so often. I come up short on it. I know anybody I've ever talked to that comes up short on it. If you think you don't come up short on it, then you're coming up shorter than you think. And this is just, it's just a matter of, are we willing to come out of our comfort zone? Are we willing to lay it all down and give it all to Jesus? And Jesus says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So often we talk about in our, in our world, like, Oh, if, if you want something you got to be the aggressor you got to go get it you can't just be a follower and and that's not what the Bible says the Bible says we need to be like sheep like sheep that is the exact opposite of what you're gonna hear in the world what I mean you you talk to people in the world that anybody that's deemed successful what are they gonna tell you don't be a sheep be a wolf don't be a follower be a leader make sure people are following you don't follow others whatever Jesus says I know them and they follow me that's where I want to be. I want to be following Jesus. I don't want to follow my own way. But we gotta look at, but we gotta look at our own lives. Do our lives reflect being a fan, or they do do they reflect being a follower? Um, I heard another pastor talk about in First in John chapter 15, when Jesus says, "I'm the vine," right, and we are the branches. We are connected to the vine. But so often we try to be our own vine. You take a branch off of the vine. What happens? It just dies. It doesn't produce fruit. You can't take a branch by itself and produce fruit. It's all just fake fruit when we try to do things without being attached to the vine. There's there's no there's no good works without Jesus. It's all just fake fruit. And so I want to challenge you guys. Uh, kind of in closing, I want to challenge you guys during this time. Look at your own life. Look at uh, you know I need to look at my own life. What have I been doing during this last month of this like quarantine time or whatever? Have I, you know, I see so many people posting about like, oh, what should I be watching on Netflix? What movies are good? And that's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't be watching movies or watching Netflix or whatever. But we have so much more time now to watch movies and to and to watch TV shows. Are we spending the same amount of time as we were before in the word? Or are we looking for things to do that to, to increase that time also. You look at, oh, maybe you were watching a half hour of TV a day, and now you're watching an hour, hour and a half. Well, that's double, triple the amount of, of TV you were watching. How much time were you spending in the Word, in the word before? Same time, half hour? Why, why are we not spending an hour, hour and a half now with Jesus? When we have more time to, to grow closer. I, you know, I thank God every day that I have time to grow closer to my family because we spend so much more time together, and that's great, and I love that time. But am I, using, am I utilizing time also to grow closer to the, to the relationship that's supposed to be the most important relationship in my life? If I truly sit here and say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, am I taking advantage of this time when I can't be just out anywhere doing anything, whatever? This is the time to just take a step back, analyze your own life and just say, Lord, what do I need to be doing differently? And, and I think during this time, we're going we're gonna to notice things that we had in our lives that we don't even really miss, that weren't really that important, but I hope this isn't one of them. And so analyze your own life, say, Lord, where, what can I cut out in my life when we get back to, to whatever normal is going to look like? When I get back to normal, what can I cut out to make more space for you in whatever that looks like? If you need to be out sharing more, if you need to be spending time in the word more, whatever whatever that might look like for for each one of us um and maybe you don't even know maybe you don't even know where to start reach out to somebody reach out to me reach out to your to your pastor reach out to somebody anybody that that is that you that you would deem a follower of jesus to get to get good godly biblical advice from um and 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 have them guide you into whatever that looks like um but just thanks for listening guys um God bless all of you I'm gonna close some prayer and and then we'll be done and um, just uh, we're praying for everybody we just thank you for everybody that's that's continuing to support uh, us as in our ministry and in our family and, and our site and just everything um, we just could not be more thankful for, for you guys and, and what you've meant to our family and our ministry and just everything down here so I, I want to pray for you guys and and then we'll be done. Lord, I just thank you so much. I just thank you, uh, Lord, for just the support system that you've provided for, for our family, Lord, and, and for this ministry and just how just this time of um, of uncertainty, this time of panic, this time of fear, Lord, that um, I just thank you for the people that are stepping up, Lord. And I just pray that we can all just look to you for our comfort, that true comfort, true peace, Um only comes from you, Lord. Like your, like your word says, we want you to be our rock and our foundation in all of this. And Lord, we just thank you for that you're always there for us. We thank you, Lord, that you're our comfort. Um, and Lord, I just thank you again for everybody that's continued to bless us, that's continued to sacrifice, to give to, to us and, and the people that stepped up during this hard time to continue to, that we're able to continue to feed families in need. Um, that we're able to, to help the the budget here at SI, that people are willing to buy into what we're doing at the site, Surdo and I are doing at the site, Lord, and just supporting us. Um, it's just amazing, Lord, that in, in these uncertain times that we can just see it coming from you, coming straight from you, and, and there's no other way that we could raise this kind of money and, and have this kind of support, Lord, during these times. It only comes from you, Lord, and it's so easy to see. And we just pray as things are adjusting and, and start going back to normal, Lord, that we would just be focused on you and that everything in us would want to be a, be a follower of Christ and no longer be a fan, but to just leave that behind and to just cross that line from being a fan to being a follower, Lord, and that we would just put you first in everything that we do. We just thank you, Lord, and we love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys. God bless.